You are listening to the Hello Sport Podcast. Yeah, all right. Welcome to the Hello Sport Podcast. I have unqualified opinion on wavering bias. Flying through the intro because we've already done one. I'm recording from a laundry, Eddie, from an office. I hope the audio is good. I'm on holidays. Eddie, how are you? I'm good, mate. Good to see you're in a laundry. Uh, puns and dribblers, mm. full transparency. We tried to do it before in the car. Tom, not twice in the car. This is the third time. That's right. Tom, not as used to getting horizontal as I am, and so it's just taking him a little while to work out how to podcast on your back. Well, look, there's an element to that. There's probably an element of truth to that. I'd say that there's also some other factors that you know you haven't necessarily considered in your representation of uh, you know me as a podcaster on holidays mind you now look i know that a dog eddie is a a real fucking responsibility i know that tonka is a a, firstly a dear friend to you to me to everyone but he's a responsibility you got to walk him you've got to pick up shit i assume on said walks you got to give him food twice a day i would say to anyone thinking of having children or if you have them already and you're planning on going on a holiday with the sort of like mental intention of it being a good time, then I would just encourage you to, you know, to not do it or at least go in with your eyes open that your time to like get horizontal is between the hours of like 10 o'clock at night and 6.30 in the morning. And then it's just go, 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 go. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so you're having a ball, Tom. Is that what I am? <laughs> I am having a ball. Yeah. I, I am being for I've had a great time. We had a, an engagement party down in Mollymook. Shout out to T and Ash. Congratulations. Got down Friday, stayed in a lovely place. Went out Friday night, engagement Saturday night. Then again, Sunday was like recovery. I've never known like an engagement party to have three fucking events. Usually it's like the weddings do that. But this is, you know. Are they having a wedding? Tour. They will at some point, yeah. I think that's part of it as well. Who the fuck knows? But well, I mean, like you say, you never get a three-day engagement party. Well, they're very rare, no. not to my knowledge, Tom. I've never seen one done no. before. I respect it when it's done, as in no. I've seen it done now, and I respect it. Yeah. But and it was great fun. But you know, like you know, sometimes when you when you rip and tear, yeah. that the day after is absolutely eclipsed by the day after that in terms of feeling bad mm-hmm. that's me today i'm the day after the day after and like just had a fucking sickness in me all day i have as of 2 30 p.m started drinking tequila and sodas because i was like fuck it it's that hour of the day and i feel like maybe that'll change my stars and funnily enough it has i feel better now does that mean i've got a dependency on alcohol i hope not but it certainly has helped the situation somewhat significantly. And you now find me here in a laundry, a little echoey maybe, but that's what happens, you know? I've Look, got the computer ready, just so you know, the computer on a on a, the, the washing machine. And then I've got the microphone and my tequila on a children's high chair. I can even fucking bring that down for you. Oh, that's lovely. See there? High chair. So you sit in there, yeah, microphone, you know, just to... The microphone's fucking given out. I will say this as well, Eddie. Who's it's what's the name? What's the brand? Of, what's the brand of this microphone? Because I'm gonna fucking abuse them right now. Yeti, 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 Yeti Blue. We spent a significant amount of money on this fucking microphone, and 
the most important, well, one of you could argue features of it is the ability for it to work, right? To be powered. Mm. Now, you'd, you'd hope that if you were to spend money on a product and that the fucking charger, i.e. the like the key to its existence, you'd, you would hope that that would be of a standard that would allow someone to literally not even fucking touch it and just have it work. But no, for some reason, it just drops out. Mm. So basically, punters and drillers, to, to best describe it to those playing along at home, it's a podcast microphone, apparently, that plugs into your computer so you can podcast on the go. That's how yes. it was sold to us, to Tom and I. Mm. Now, there is a cord that plugs into the base of it. Now, it provides, A, power, but, B, it relays your voice back into the computer, the computer to me, blah, 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 and on and on. The voice travels down the channel. It's the in. most important cord we are dealing with today. Without the cord, without the cord, it's just plastic, expensive plastic with some expensive wiring. That's all it is. That's all it is. Now, you could say, bullshit, the mic is actually the fucking thing at the end that you're speaking to. Bullshit. Without the fucking cords plugging that fucker in, it's a bit of expensive plastic. The cords do all the heavy it's lifting. It's a toy. It's a toy. It's a toy. That's the difference between toy microphones and real ones. They've got cords that plug into shit. That's the fucking difference, punters and dribblers. Yep. And this Yeti motherfucker, like, I was using it at times on holidays. I swear to God, it would just fall out the bottom. It would just <clears> fall out. It's plugged in. It's pushed up there. It would fall out. Now, Like like a, like leaves on a tree in the depths of autumn, Eddie. Yeah, yeah when, it's, when, when their time has come to go. Yeah, yeah, drop. Yeah. Oh, fuck drop. yeah. It'll drop out. So shout, big shout out to Yeti. Who big have, shout out to Yeti and their blue microphone. If someone wants to DM them a clip of this and just be like, hey, be better, you fucks. You charge a lot of money for your products and they suck. Yeah, They sort of suck. When they work, they're good. Well, when it plugs in, it's good. Which, as we've said from the top, the most important aspects. Mm-hmm. It so, is. So, you know. Anyway, good on your Yeti blue. Mm-hmm. Tom, I'm getting a sense from you. As you sit wherever the fuck you sit, Milton, is it? Mil- uh, we're at Molly Mook at the moment. Molly, Molly Mook. That I look like I'm, if you're looking at this video, I look like I'm in a fucking terrorist, like, ransom video almost. You do. You look like, you look like you've been kidnapped, presumably somewhere in the Middle East, but not necessarily. It doesn't uh, have to be, but that's it, just... It doesn't have to be, but I mean, if we're, going, if we're going on the last 15 years, that's probably where a lot of them have taken place. Yeah, it, it's, it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be outrageous for your mind to wander to that part of the, that region of the world just based on the last 15, 20 years. That's all we're saying. That's all we're saying. Uh, that's, and, that's, and without any sort of geographical context, because this is just a room. Yes. Some fucking laundry machinery in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, how can you be judged? Well, you can't be. I mean, it looks like you've been, you're held there against your will. But what I wanted to say was, I'm getting a scent from you through the screen, through the mic, that mm. family holidays are a different kettle of fish. I think you could comfortably remove the word holiday from it and just be like living in another part of the state for a few days. But also like way harder because you don't have all of the systems and processes set up. And also you are trying to rip and tear a little bit. So like... And you have to be on, right? So, like, you know, Steffi still breastfeeding. She can't get fucked up. So, like, I can't just be like, I'm on a holiday and I'm just going to do whatever I want and you enjoy those two children. So, you still got to be, you've got to be on. And, like, when we went to the engagement party, it was a beautiful party, as I said before. Lovely property in Milton. 
and big guard and all this sort of shit. And like you get there and you got two babies. And it's like it, it, the hardest part, like first we, we thought the hardest part was getting out of the house. Then we arrived there and then we get, we're like, all right, let's go in. We've arrived. Oh no, both of them have shit themselves. We've got to change the nappy. Zoe's so bad that she needs a complete wardrobe change. She shit all through her clothes. Okay, sweet. Well, let's just get that out of the way quickly. All right, the party's going. Let's, all right, we're in there. Then once you're in there, who's looking after the kids? We are. And that's fine. Love them. I love them to death. Light of my life. But it's like with one kid, it's like you hold it. I'll hold it. You hold it. I'll hold it. With two, you're fucked. So it was a lot. It was a lot. I'm surprised you didn't. I'm surprised you didn't ship down a grandma. Nah, to be honest, like you need to be able to deal with it because ultimately you're trying to create memories for them as well, Eddie. And you can't be selfish. Your life's over, and you just got to deal with it. And it's about creating memories for other people. The memories I'll have, they might be a little more sour than the ones that Evie has. Well, she may not remember it at all. I mean, I'd. I'd put it. I'd put Which it. It's fucking disappointing, isn't it? Well, it I is. Put myself through. She won't even know. No, she won't remember that, Tom. She's one. She's not even. Two. She's two. She's just two. She's not going to remember it. So, look, all for nothing. All for nothing. But at least you try. <laughs> you got to. You got to try. We. What is good is we're staying with a family. Like we're staying with two other families. So staying with Harvey and Roddy and their wives and their babies, which is great because like that's the only way you can travel now. Like if you're just you and your family, that's also easy. Or it's easier, but like if I was going with you to fucking Milton, or not even just you, like if it was just you and Ella, I think it'd be different because it was like you'd you'd be on our wavelength and we'd sort of try and find an equilibrium. But like if it was you, me, and Jarch, and we were all going on a holiday, a ripper and terror of note. You'd be like, oh, yeah, we've got dinner booked for eight. And I'm like, well, I have two kids that are asleep by then and I can't leave the house. So can we get it takeaway? And you're like, okay, wow, this is a ball egg. Uh, no, we so can't. Nice. We'll get you We'll get you some doggy bags for later. That'd be really nice. We won't eat till 11.30. In fact, maybe four in the morning because you guys will kick on somewhere and then we'll wake up, you know, eight in the morning, realizing we're six in the morning, realizing we haven't eaten. So it's been a lot, dude. The weather's been shit. I also... Quite unfortunately, not so much for me, but for the man who it was, saw a dude die on the beach today or saw a dead guy on the beach today, which was fucking intense. And I chipped my tooth like an hour ago. So it's been one of those. I mean, obviously, I'm not making light of death. His day has been far worse, but I did see that and then chip my tooth. I'm just saying. Yeah, well, that, you you're, just, you're just putting it in context. You're just putting it in context. Yes. And obviously the We day- all have our, you know, like, we all have our issues Death way worse. Chipping your tooth. My front tooth. Chipping your tooth is still annoying, whether even if you saw a dead person or not. (laughs) 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 Holy shit. Yeah, it is. Like that's you know what I mean? No, like no amount of of anything will take away from the frustration that inherently exists within a chip tooth. And I, I did it from biting a fingernail. For those psoriasis sufferers out there, you'll know that when you get it, your fingernails turn to shit, which is just another great side effect. So I was biting into quite a robust nail, Eddie, as I sat at, <laughs> at the dinner table, uh, just trying to clear a, a couple of mils of nail because it was getting out of control. And <laughs> so I, as I managed to sort of break ground, as it were, yeah. I then was like, wow, this nail got big on me. I was... 
I was being pretty delicate. You know what I mean? Like the dexterity in my teeth is pretty fucking good. I can shave a mill off a nail like it's no one's business. Now I've got a huge chunk of something in there. I spit it out, realize that the whole... So Great, microphone's just fallen out. We love it. Um, two front teeth, two front teeth, two front teeth. My two front teeth, my two front teeth, Eddie, are now chipped. This one already chipped and the dentist I went to, Barwon Yee, who I'll never return to, said he couldn't fix even though he's a dentist. It's his job, so I've had a chipped tooth for the better part of a decade and a half. Now the next one, chipped. I have two chipped front teeth, like I'm some fucking, like I'm Lloyd Christmas from Dumb and Dumb. Like it's, it's been a tough day. So what, are you thinking veneers, buddy? Can I afford veneers? I've, for everything I've heard about veneers and dentistry in general is that it is fucking expensive. And I'm like, do I deal with the chipped tooth or do I get it fixed? I think I it know. depends. It depends on how badly chipped it is. I would also say this, I don't know if we've talked about this before on the podcast, but getting veneers means that you become a veneers guy. Now, rightly or wrongly, or girl. or girl, obviously, you're a guy, so we'll just, we'll use you as the example. No, that's fair, that's fair. Once you go veneers, I think you sort of become veneers a little bit. What I mean well, by- the teeth, they wear you. The, they wear, well, that's it. They wear you. And I'm not saying that they don't look good. I've got mates of mine, shout out John Ingate, that has veneers and- Does he really? Of course he does. Of course he does, but he's a veneers guy. Does yeah, that make no, sense? Is. Of course he does. But I didn't notice him. I will say this. That's what I'm gone. saying. That's what I'm saying. They're good. They're tasteful veneers. They are. You can see some, William Mason, uh, <laughs> where like, you know, they're like pouring out of their mouth. Yeah. Yeah. I think you need to be delicate and subtle when it comes to veneers. Subtle, subtlety, the aim of the game. Now, Less John's, yeah, that's right. John's mother is a dentist, so she knows what she's doing. John's are subtle. They're bespoke. I think they're quite tasteful, but... Be that as it may, if you do decide to go down the veneers route, you will then forevermore have veneers. veneers can I can I speak directly to John right now? I'm going to take my glasses off. I hope he's watching. John, we have a lot of uh, you know really fruitful relationships on this podcast. We've got an official plumber, Alex Ironside. We have a lawyer in Izzy Carey, Lawyer of the Stars. I, as you may have just heard, in desperate need of a dentist, and Eddie's just reliably informed me that your mum is one. Now, I'd like a discount. What do we, what do we, can we do? Can we work something out here? We're, we're good friends. What's, what's mama Ringate? She wanted, you know, does she need a baggy green? Your mum will get a baggy green if she can fucking fix my teeth for a very competitive price. Eddie, I know that, that, that I haven't run that by you, but that's, well, I was going to go. I was going to go one better, mate. I was going to say Scotty Rumble, also a dear friend of the show. His partner, lovely partner, Indy Carr, now a qualified dentist. I think she's running things down there at Car Practitioners. I don't know what they're called. I just made that up. But like, let's go with it. Maybe it's a race to the bottom. Who wants to do on the cheapest? Get and a little bit of green in it for any fucking dentist out there. There's a baggy green in it for you to fix my fucked up mouth. Now, look, I'm not asking for veneers, right? Again, I don't want to have a whole mouth full of new teeth. I don't need it. My teeth aren't great, but they're all right. I just need them fixed. I've got three chips in the front four teeth of my mouth. There are chips on them. I also have a baby tooth, which, you know, that's probably a more embarrassing feature of my mouth that I'd like to rectify as soon as possible. It just never fell out and from what the shit dentist that I've dealt with to this point told me, unless you want braces at 25, 
it ain't coming out. So baggy green on the table, baby. Fix my mouth. Where's the adult tooth? Sitting horizontal. Sitting horizontal. Yeah, dude, I should really call it the Eddie Simpson tooth because it's been horizontal for my entire life. <laughs> Can you feel it with your tongue? No, it's in the gum. Oh, it's in the it lives in the gum horizontal. Yeah, like it never came down. So it just went. And would you be looking to fold it down? No, I'd be looking just for some sort of a veneer situation for that one. Like so a fake tooth. If I was to fold it down, yeah. you'd, they'd have to put braces and like a chain on it to pull it down. <laughs> hmm. So just leave it where it is. My mouth's reached a tipping point today. My mouth has reached a tipping point that I can no longer ignore. I've ignored it for a long time and I've reached a tipping point today where I need some solutions and I need them fucking fast, Eddie. Well, everyone reaches their own tipping point. Um, and that tipping point is your own. Tom clearly reached his today, so we shout out, reach out to Dennis out there, help Tom fix his mouth. Yes, he's going to be tight about what he spends. So, you know. Well, I, I don't know if I am, Eddie. I'm offering a fucking baggy green. That's am I being tight or am I being incredibly generous? <laughs> Good point. Good point. Be that as it may, we move on into the good night. Yeah, we do. We press on. How is the family? Shout out to my dad who's looking after my house as well on the way. He hates my cat. My cat hates him. And they're making do. They're just, they're making do in a situation that isn't, you know, it's not ideal. But shout out to dad. Is it going to be? Because apparently he said to me, he goes, you don't have a TV in your bedroom. So he's like, he's been binging the podcast apparently. And I was like, oh, fuck, how's that? And he's like, what the fuck is Euro Crumpet? And I'm like, oh god, yeah, like I don't do I, I do I I don't know how to explain that. Is you know what do I what do I say? I'm 32. Do I Euro Crumpet? Dad's like a fucking comedian. I'm like, what? What do I? Yeah. How's it going to be received? Yeah, well, look, do you know what? He was positive, and it was he was he positive because I'm his son, Eddie. Maybe maybe that's why. You know, he's gassing me up on the phone. Hope you. Hope you well, love it, you and Eddie, da, da, da. but he was, you know, he mentioned Euro Crumpet, it rattled me a bit. That was just before we got on here, actually, but shout out to Dad, shout out to Louie, they're making the best of a bad situation. I like that. Is there going to be a breaking of the bread at some point, do you think, between Louie and your old man? Honestly, that's up to Louie. Dad's down for it. Dad's down for a, uh, dad's down for like a, for a good relationship with Louie. I think he wants that with his first grandchild, which was Louie, but, you know, that's Louis's choice. Ultimately, he's a he's a mature age cat right now, and he can do what he wants. I'm not going to force him into any decision. That's for sure. It's the last thing I'll do. No, I don't think you want to do that, Tom. Now, how are the kids? It seemed to me from some photos I saw that it was a very kid friendly event. A lot of kids there. Not something that I yeah. have experienced yet in my life. Events I attend are kid free. Do I like it that way? Well, I don't know any different. I don't know any difference, so I can't say for sure. I did recognise, though, through the photo, through the lens via Instagram, that there was a lot of kids there. And I just, I just, I noticed it. I, I took stock of it. I don't know what I'm going to do with that information, probably other than to ask you, does it, it was change kids the sitting, flow? Dude. No, no, no. It was, there was a, like, there was lots of kids. There were more people like you who are still technically free. You know what I mean? <laughs> 
but there were a lot of kids there. So obviously the families are with Roddy and Jerry. We had little Oscar, we had little Steely, and then I'm bringing two children, Zoe and Evie. Then, um, you know, some other people there who I didn't necessarily know very well. Kids are as old as fucking, I don't know, I'm going to say 10, you know? Yeah, that's getting on. Yeah, it's getting on. I think they were more like cousins and shit. I don't really know. But like, there was some kids. But like, if you were free, then you probably would have been able to operate comfortably across the whole day without having really come into much of an interaction with kids. Shout out to Uncle Wee as well, my brother, who I was at every opportunity just giving Evie to. But yeah, it was a lot of kids, dude. A lot of kids. Big night. I tell you what, though. Daddy did let the hair down. It was one of those ones where I took the babies home with Steph. They all went to bed. I came back and I ripped in, dude. I fucking went hard and found myself in the back of a car at like three in the morning listening to music and shit. Like fucking old school days, just off your fucking nooner. So that was nice. Are it was nice out? to have a bit of a boogie and a bit of a rip and a tear. But we 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 left... So there's like a back entrance to this joint. It was like a, it's like a country Milton property sort of thing. So we, there's a back entrance and this road's now closed. They just closed it. I don't know. But I'd, I had used it before when it was operational, but it's all overgrown and shit. But it's the quickest way back to town at three in the morning when you got to walk home. So we walked that way and Harvey's like, dude, let's fucking just get like, use the starlight. Cause it was a pretty bright night in terms of like the uh, celestial bodies getting into their work. So we're like, all right, we'll give it a go. Took a wrong turn, found ourselves fucking nuts deep in a cow paddock. Uh, and then a, like semi-confronted by someone we couldn't see in the distance. It was like, what the fuck are you doing on my property? Like, oi, we're like, huh? What are you doing? We're like, uh, we're just trying to go home. And then we turned our torches on and we're like, oh, we're not on the road anymore. We're in a paddock. What was he doing out at three in the morning? We were walking past his property, like, so whatever his homestead was that we couldn't see on the property, because it was actually like, it was light, but it, we overestimated how light it was because we couldn't see a fucking house that was right next to us. Right. So it wasn't like a, a beautifully moonlit night. Well, it was, it was, it was, it's been an overcast situation. It's been a bit cloudy. I got, as I said, I went for a swim today and I, you know, saw someone that unfortunately fucking die or you know what i mean like it's not a, it's and you're, it's you're blaming that great. on the clouds i'm blaming it on the weather i'm blaming it on the weather sure fair enough well tom i'm glad that you've had a nice time mate i'm glad that you're feeling okay i'm glad that you're sort of with us the punter and the dribbler mate you know what like life could be worse that's for sure i know i'm coming on here i'm having a bitch and a moan i've had a good time sort of and life could be worse Sort of. Any blow ups? <laughs> nah, because we're all in it together. That's kind of what's funny. We're all in here as parents being like, <laughs> we're talking last night, like we were all fucking wrecked yesterday because it was obviously the morning after and it was like the evening. And we we're all sitting there on the couch and we we're like, what are you like? <laughs> sort of silent, just like we're defeated. The kids are in bed finally. We're all just sitting there like, huh? I'm like, what do you reckon is like more taxing? as a parent, is it like emotionally taxing or is it physically taxing? And we were like, fuck, I don't, it might be equal. It might be 50% of both. <laughs> Fucking tough. <laughs> so good luck to everyone. Yeah, look, I mean, that's another ringing endorsement for parenthood. Um, <laughs> they all seem to be better than the last <laughs> from where I'm sitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's em. all right. Love them. Um, Love them. Um, Tom, should we talk a little sport, buddy? 
I think we should. Putters and Dribblers, today's episode brought to you by Good Day, the fastest selling multivitamin of all time. Do I have data to back that up? No, I don't. That's a vibe-based thing. Big shout out to the, the dribblers that are already uh, on it. It's it's changing lives. I think 207 reviews, five star, all of them at begoodhealth.com.au. If you need uh, to hear it straight from the dribbler's mouth, go and read them because it's been described multiple times as life-changing. As we explained last week, we are currently uh, taking pre-orders only as we are out of stock because it's sold way quicker than anyone could have possibly expected, which we fucking love you all for. We are taking pre-orders. It'll be back in stock later this month, and if you are a subscriber, you will be getting the goods you have not been forgotten about. Begoodhealth.com.au, code dribbler for 20% off. We love you. Punters and Dribblers podcast is always brought to you by the betting platform of choice over here, and that is Neds. Neds, baby. Neds. That's it. Number one in Australia, in our opinion, nay the world, nay the universe, nay the multiverse. Now, if you want to follow Tom and I and our mate Guru and our mate Sebo, I mean, I think Tobler's on there, but who cares about that? The Profiles tab, Ed, it's uh, an innovation by Neds where you can go and you can see what people are betting on. It is essentially accountability in app form. Well, it's accountability personified. Correct. Uh, there's also obviously the About Even group in there where everyone's sharing their own bets, giving each other shit having a laugh, having a chuckle, having a Paul Rahihi. That's a rugby league reference that some may not get. But no, I liked it. Now, you win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Buy a six-pack of Big Day Rosé at hellosport.shop. What are we doing month of May? Because we are working our way through the remainder of the, uh, the most recent vintage. Got a couple left that we want to get rid of before we then turn all of our attention to the end of the year. Just feeling generous, Tom. We're feeling generous, and it's, a, it's, it's sale time. We just thought, fuck it. If you buy a case and you use the code MANLY, you get 50 bucks off the case. There if you, you buy go. two cases, you get 100 bucks off. Yep. You get what I'm trying to say. Go to hellosport.shop, bang, rosé on there, code MANLY, 50 bucks off a case. Pretty fucking generous if you ask me. But we love the punter and we love the dribbler and we're just like, let's get this vintage out there to the people that yeah. want it most. Let's get it in the gullets of the nation. That's right. Gull it up. Now, we last Thursday talked briefly about this Justin Langer situation. I can't recall mm. what the fuck we said. So if we're going over old ground, then stiff shit. It is what it is and old ground will be covered because I yeah. can't remember the conversation at all other than to say that we had it. Now, Justin Langer offered a six-month-ish, nine-month-ish deal that would get him through to the T20 World Cup, which will be held in Australia at the end of the year, November-ish, something like that. He's been like, fuck that, brah, that's a slap in the face, I'm resigning, which is interesting. But what is most interesting is Pat Cummins sort of like straight batting his response every time he was asked, what do you fucking think? Are you going to endorse the captain, uh, the coach, blah, blah, blah. Never did, never did, never did. 
Now he's been flicked and all the old players are coming out being like, it's fucking disgraceful. You know, they're gutless, all these current Australia players. No one's supporting JL. Look what he's done. Yada, yada, yada. And their argument is JL fucking won the T20 World Cup and the Ashes 4-0. Fair enough. Now, what is your opinion on all this, Tom? Where are we at? I've got mine. You've got yours. It's a, it's a weird one, dude. It's a weird one. So there's like... Obviously, all the former, <coughs> forgive me, daddy's been vaping. A lot of the former players, well, like all the former players were JL's mates largely, right? So you have to take that with a grain of Well, you can take that with a grain of salt. You don't have to. It's certainly something you need to acknowledge that it's like all these old boys who are like, this is fucking disgraceful. The thing that I do agree with from them is like, well, where the fuck's Pat Cummins? Like, say something, dude. Like, if you, why don't you like him? What's the problem? Like, I know he had the issues, but then you turn it around. As you said, like he's won fucking everything. What is it? Come out and say, you're the fucking captain. They're always fucking, they're always happy to come out and talk when things are going well and they're successful and all this sort of stuff. But like, it's, you have to explain to people why you're sacking Justin Langer after the success of the side. Number one test team in the, in the world. Like, mm. you have to explain that and they haven't. And so it just looks pathetic. And unfortunately, JL's got some fucking mates that are big dick swingers in cricket, right? Like he's part of one of the all-time great teams. And some of those people are the most respected in our game, some of his teammates. So it's like, you know, you pick and choose when you want to listen to Ricky Ponting. Oh, yeah, Ricky Ponting, batting technique, fucking advice, this, that. He's a commentator. But then, you know, he comes out and starts shitting on the players because of the treatment of JL. It's like, well, what, are we not going to listen to him now to friend him? Mm. I I would I seem to think this thing's been handled pretty poorly, and of course I know like again without knowing how much of a like what sort of a person JL was or is, which we should have an an insight from from the players if they're going to do this. Like, it seems stiff, dude. It seems stiff for the Zendo Car Master. It seems very stiff to the Zendo Car Master. You make a great point about his fucking heavy hitter mates that he's got in the media. Like, this was Mark Taylor. The current crop of players are creating a divide between the old players. Ricky Ponting is not happy. Steve War is not happy. None of us are happy. The players have to be careful. They don't isolate the rest of us. Mitchell Johnson, who carries weight, but not weight like a Ricky Ponting, for example. No, no, he's, a, he's a little lighter. He's like, a, well, not. he's a in comparison to Ricky Ponting, he's a flyweight. <laughs> he has failed his first big test as captain pretty miserably. His recent interviews have been gutless. Now, it's it's a it's an it's an interesting one. Cricket Australia have played another fucking shocker. Let's be honest; they played a shocker with uh, Tim Payne, and they played a shocker now. They seem pretty pretty like incompetent in a situation. They seem like, like they've got no fucking backbone. Like someone's removed their backbone. They should stand up and just be honest with the punter and the dribbler. Now, with Pat Cummins, this is like, if I'm just going to say what I think's happened, this would be it. That they did the review, was that a year ago, <coughs> say? Argument's sake, it was a year ago. Because JL was fucking micromanaging everyone to death. He was super hands-on. He was fucking intense. And everyone was like, bruh, you need to chill out because you're giving us all migraines. He chills out. Supposedly, when they won the T20 World Cup, he was barely involved. I don't know where I read that. That could be complete bullshit, but I read it somewhere. Apparently, he was like very, very little uh, input at all. They come from the clouds, get the big W. 
Then the Ashes. I mean, they were hugging and kissing and shit after victories. I'll make it out what you will. But at least Maybe it was a hug and a kiss and then a knife in the back, Eddie. It could have been. But from where I'm sitting, it looks like this. That they've done the review because they were like, jail's way too fucking intense. So he takes a backward step. People like Andrew McDonald come in, a bit more visible. They put their spin on things. And maybe they're like, fuck JL, we want McDonald. This is the players. Thoughts? Well, I mean, it seems like that's the thing. It seems like that... Well, is Andrew McDonald the favourite to get it? That's like... Supposedly. Well, he hasn't got it yet, has he? Yeah, supposedly the he's yeah. the favourite, yeah. The ranger that could. Um, yeah, exactly. The little ranger that could. It's like, do they just want someone? I've heard a lot of people say as well, right? Like that a coach's job isn't necessarily just to just to blow each player individually on command. You know, sometimes you do need to get blown yourself as a coach and basically put it back on the players. Sorry to use a, a fellatio um, example there, but maybe sometimes a coach isn't always meant to tell you what you want to hear maybe it is meant to be a bit more home truths and all that sort of shit i don't know what i do sort of like raise my eyebrows at a little bit is when like you hear someone like mark taylor being like they're alienating the old boys you're like okay mark shut up like that's shut the fuck up like that shit to me is like lame oi you better fucking not alienate us old boys like you guys don't play cricket anymore though like, yeah, you're part of it, but like you don't play. So, like, what do you mean alienate you? Like, do we have to do what you want? Yeah, I don't. I That's what I. That's why I saved the quote to read it. I read that and I'm like, mm-hmm. bruh, what the fuck are you talking about? There was an, Who were the old boys recently? There was the same sort of rhetoric. Broncos. The Broncos. Broncos. And, like, look how that went. Oh, like, invite us to a barbecue every weekend, otherwise we're going to fucking shit on the club. It's like, shut the fuck yeah. up, bruh. Like, what are you mm-hmm. talking about? I... I don't think it helps from the perspective of, well, if you're shitting on a great and handling him, handling it all very poorly in regards to Justin Langer, what does Ricky Ponty make of that? Does he sit there and go, well, are they going to fuck me over too? Like from that perspective, it doesn't look good. But in terms of like alienating the players from the old players, I don't know what you're That's not the point. That's not the point. That's not the point. That's not the point, Mark. Like you can talk about the treatment of Justin Langer Sure. That's fine. But it's not about you. <laughs> it's not about alienating you, Mark War. And you know what, dude? Of all the people I expected to make a comment like that, like, of course, Mark War. Like, that's Mark a Taylor. very Mark Mark Moore Taylor. Thing, so. Mark Taylor. Sorry, sorry, Mark Taylor. Mark Taylor, Mark Taylor. Yeah. Oh, actually, no, I take that back. I thought it was Mark War. If it was Mark War, I would have expected it. Apologies to Mark War and Mark Wars across the world. <laughs> I thought that Mark War would have said that. Mark Taylor, look. No, it was Tubbs that said sure. it. Sure. Yep. Tubbs, former captain, again, look, it's thrown me because my my thesis was that it was a Mark War quote and that was a very Mark no, War no, thing I still, to say. No, no, I still think... I, I still co- think it's a lame thing to say and it's also like, Tubby, you're not even fucking commentating cricket anymore. I, I again, know what you mean. Former Australian captain, but like, it's just, it's a lame thing to say. Well, I just it has nothing to do with it. It's got nothing to do with it. It's not relevant. What would you want? Let's, well, then what, what do they want... Pat to, to say do they want Pat to come out and go here's the fucking truth we found jail fucking unbearable that's the god mm. that's the god honest truth now when you come out and say that then you're literally disrespecting a great I don't know what's worse what is worse is it worse well, to just straight bat it and just go you have to fucking you have to front up to it and just go listen man it was not working 
Like it was not, even though it was working. So that's a tough fucking, you can't really say it wasn't working when you're the number one test team in the world. It's a hard sell there. But then there's also this thing with like cricket, right? Cricket's always been like the coach is a bit of a fucking poon, right? Tim Buchanan or whatever, John Buchanan. Like no one really gives a shit about the coach. They're always a bit of an afterthought, a bit of a joke. Then with Buff and probably since Buff and then Langer, it's been a bit more like the coaches held, held more weight. You're right. You're confused. No, no, no I'm all right. Yep, I'm good. They've, the coaches have held more weight. So like maybe it's like a power a power thing with players where they're like, uh, we want fucking control the side again, like the good old days. Well, that's a that's a that's an interesting point you raise. Cause I mean, if you read like all the autobiographies from back in the Buchanan days, Shane Warne, for example, was basically like, fuck off and let us play cricket. You are yeah. so annoying. I wonder what Shane and the boys would have, how they would have dealt with a JL type operator in the setup. You know well, what I mean? That would have we been heard like, from Shane. Have we heard from no, Shane about, I don't, I don't about this think, situation? I don't know if we have heard from Shane, to be honest. But you know what Let's I mean? Check Twitter. Like the old boys would have been like, "Bruh." That's the irony of it as well. Like they're supporting their mate JL. I get that. I get that a hundred percent. You got to support your mate. But they wouldn't have handled the micromanagement supposedly that JL got up to. They would have been like, fuck off. I don't think Buchanan was that involved. And they told him to fuck off at every corner, basically. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, well, exactly. He was just sort of like a... He was like that dude at the party that no one wanted to hang out with and he just sort of like rocks into every conversation. You're like... That's how I... That's the vibe I got from Jay Buchanan. Um, Having never met him. Who I've never met, never spoken to. That's just purely on vibe and vibe alone. Um, sorry if you do hear my voice breaking. Uh, it is not in a good way. Uh, Shane's still yet to comment. Interesting. Interesting. Which to me is telling because Shane, whilst he's a bit of a fucking, he's become a little bit of a big day of late. He, he's, he doesn't mind sharing his opinion about shit as we learned over the summer. So the fact that he hasn't said anything, he's a bit more, he's been, or as you said, like a bit more of an operator of like, fuck the coach. Well, that makes his, com- it makes his science tell him because he'll give his opinion on absolutely anything. He's prolific on social mm. media. He's got a big mouth and he likes the sound of it. So the fact we haven't heard from him, interesting. The one that's rattled me the most is Ricky Ponning saying something. I'm like, ooh. Have you got his quote? I can try and get it. I've got it. I think I've got it on. I think I may have saved it. Give me a second. But I'm with you. When you hear Ricky. Because Ricky's so so measured, bro. So I'm like, ooh, hectic. Um, I saw Gilchrist came out being like, um, yesterday was like a fucking pathetic day for Australian cricket or something. What a deplorable day. Yeah, yeah. It was Gilchrist was a day after the fact as well. Gilchrist was like, I've woken up and I still can't get over how. Sorry, mate. Drop my phone on the on the hard floor. Let's hope I've cracked something. Um, Gilchrist was like, I've woken up and just remembered how scat of a day for Australian cricket it was yesterday or something like. Poor old Gilly's waking up hungover, basically. He's like, this is fucked. Yeah, so Ponting said it is really a sad day as far as Australian cricket is concerned. If you look back at it, look back, it has been a really poor six months on the whole in the way that Cricket Australia has handled some of the better people in the Australian cricket. Justin Langer and Tim Payne, Ponting said. I think it's it's been almost embarrassing the way they've handled those two cases. Me knowing Justin the way that I do, he was very keen to continue in the role. 
as he should have been after what what's been the best coaching period of his international career, having just won the T20 World Cup and then the 4-0 result in the Ashes. It seems like a very strange time for a coach to be departing. Reading the tea leaves, it sounds like a few, and, a, and as he says to me, a small group, in the, small group in the playing group and a couple of other staff around the team haven't entirely loved the way he's gone about it. That's been enough to force a man who has put his life and heart and soul into Australian cricket and done a sensational job at turning around the culture and the way the Australian team has looked at in the last few years to push him out of the job. So, Ricky not happy. No. I also got some uh, the, the statement from JL and there were some things in here that I found. First off, he mentions like how long he's been away from his family and shit, like the sacrifices he makes, like the first time I've been home since the start of October, which is fucking crazy. Last night I was offered a short-term contract until the end of the 2020 to leave on a high, which is like the most disrespectful patronizing fucking shit in the world like oi we'll give you this short one then you can fuck off but you'll it'll be on a high like well will it like what if i don't win um decided not to accept it as i believe it is in everyone's best interest of the australian cricket team to start the next chapter immediately mate it's interesting like what has jl done to get cummins presumably smudge presumably manus presumably Gary Lyon offside. Like, he would have had to have lost the heavy hitters, surely. Because if the heavy hitters were on his side, then it, it wouldn't have been a fucking issue. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, if, Baggy, not- if Baggy <laughs> Green doesn't like him, it goes, listen, mate, you're prodigious. You're going to be a hell of a cricketer, but shut the fuck up. You're 20-whatever. If Baggy Green says he doesn't, Baggy Green wouldn't even fucking speak. He's embarrassed about getting That's what I'm saying. So that, but, that's so like, too but you can see through all this bullshit, they go in a small group. We're like, we know who the group is. We know who it is. It's the heavy hitters. What's what's happened? What's gone wrong? Do you know what I mean? Like, JL mm. is a great. He fucking turned cricket around when it was on its knees in 2018. Brought it back. Yeah, we lost to India two years ago, but what, or last year, but whatever. We still won the Ashes 4-0. <laughs> what, what's happened? How, what, what's... I'd love to fucking hear from Smudge and Cummins and go, bro, what's going on? What's happened? This is a good, this is a good part of his, uh, his sort of response, JL's. In terms of going out on a high, I'm blessed to have been a part of a T20 World Cup winning squad, an Ashes winning squad, watched the test team rise to the number one test team in the world today, been selected as the wisdom coach of the year and been elevated to the Australian Cricket Hall of Fame all in this last five months. So just that alone, right, can, that can justify his position and to me it can also justify why the team hate him. Because all in one thing, it's like, look how fucking good I am, but also like, look how fucking good he is. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's it's it's a great point that he's done all these things, but maybe the players don't feel like he contributes that much. So it's like, yeah, cool, bro. Like, you've done fuck all, but like, you're here claiming all this shit. But maybe, but that may well have been said in like anger, right? Well, yeah, no, definitely. It's like self-defense, essentially. He just... It, it, we don't know anything, which is so frustrating because they just fucking straight back everything. Like, seems to be the case in world sport now. No one's open and honest. At least not in, you know, at least not in cricket. I mean, UFC may be a little bit different. Rugby league, still, they're fucking cagey as all hell. But mm. something has my happened. Life, you know, here, here. My life has been built on values of honesty, respect, trust, truth, and performance. And if that comes across as too intense at times i apologize 
it is said that in any venture, if you leave things in a better place than when they than when you started, you've done your job. He's just like, yeah, okay, cool. Like, this place was a fucking basket case when I got here. It was a basket case. Fucking oath it was. It's just, it's fucking interesting. It, and back to Mark Taylor's original point, which I'm now starting to like marinate on, there is mm. an inherent divide that will be created, right? When they're like, Explain to us why the fuck JL isn't on side with you. So it's sort of like we're with JL because he's our pal and shit. And then there's Smudge, presumably, Cummins, presumably, Gary, presumably, Warner, presumably, who are like, we don't like JL. So that obviously creates a divide in and of itself. And then when you don't know what it's about, it's like, fucking hell. It's a real shit fight, dude. It's a, uh, and it's I, a real shit fight. You best believe if we don't perform well in Sri Lanka, the drums will start beating for Pakistan. Many people. Like, well, oh, sorry, Pakistan. Who did I say? Sri Lanka. Are we going to Sri Lanka beforehand for a one-day series or something? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We are um, going to Pakistan yeah. for a historic test series. If we don't win over there, all the all the drums they'll be they'll be loud mm. and proud. Mm. But it's like. Pat Cummins' golden summer in terms of like first captaincy, first series as captain and all that sort of shit. Like he really needs to fucking say something. You're the captain, bro. This is the position that you wanted. He put a PowerPoint together for this position. This is part of the job, dude. If you, and I agree with that. If he is literally leading and you assume he is the fucking get out JL uh, chorus, then he needs to come out and go, listen, me and, the, and a select group of players are the ones that fucking got rid of him. Why? It wasn't working for us. Simple as that. What do you want us to say? And then if you want us to get Front really... To if you want to get really specific, why do you think we lost to India? Why do you think we lost at the Gabba for the first time in fucking living memory? Because he was jarring as fuck. That's why. Mm. Like, and then, you, and then, and then, and then, and then people started and then, winning after he chilled out. Yeah, and when, and then when he like removed himself from the setup a little bit, we started winning. I don't know. I'm trying to put words in Cummins' mouth so he can give them back to us. I'm trying to get him, mm. get him going, give him a bit of a jump start. Seems like a cat's got his tongue, Eddie. I think a cat has got his tongue, Tom. I think the cat's got his tongue. And if I know anything about cats and tongues, it's this: it's that when the cat gets it you're unlikely to get it back. Well, we need to sort of, we certainly need to find some way of getting this cat who apparently is in possession of Pat's tongue and how do we get that tongue back to Pat so that Pat can give us some insight into what the fuck's going on. Do we need wires? Is it a, just a straight up veterinary situation? Is this a feral cat? So it's a feral cat, I'd suggest wires because they're, I think, a bit more like, you know, wild animals. Mm. Whereas if you're just a run-of-the-mill vet who I've got the greatest respect for, I think you're more of the domesticated cat operator. Um, I heard something the other day, Tom, this was in regards to like dog fights. Now, I don't know if this can be translated over to the cat got the tongue situation, but finger up the bum. Stop them in their tracks. Yeah. Now I'm going to just give people a little bit more context there because I feel like Eddie maybe just stopped after saying you stick your finger in a dog's ass, which is true, or at least that's what I've heard. But if you've got a couple of pooches going for it. Yeah, fighting. Fighting. Finger or hose up the door is the best way <laughs> to shock them into stopping. Obviously. But you know what though, dude? Like, I mean, are you going to jump into a fucking dog fight just trying to, like trying to aim for a butthole? Like... <laughs> 
<laughs> Tom, I'm just trying to I'm trying to provide the nation with solutions, not problems. Now, hmm. a cat has got Pat Cummins' tongue, and I'm trying to provide solutions to the nation so we can get some fucking answers because we're all in the dark here, and you know what's going to happen next? Hmm. You know what's going to happen next? This bitter divorce is going to hang like a fucking smog in the air. We're going to go to Pakistan, touch wood. We're the kids in this divorce, dude. We're the kids in this divorce. And we're going to watch... our fault? Exactly. The nation... The fans of the kids in this divorce, we really liked dad in JL or mom in JL, however you want to put him. We liked him. He was good. Yeah, sure. He was a bit of a fucking pain in the ass, but whose who's parents aren't every once in a while? But he seemed cool. He liked to bloody, you know, he was a bit different. He did things right. He was a fucking great cricketer and his coaching was pretty good too. Like we liked him. And now mom and dad are split up and we're, we don't know what to do. We're torn. But the very least we can, we can expect if Pat Cummins is mum, that mum can at least come and tell us why she's leaving dad. Mum needs to come into the bedroom of the nation, sit down on the end of the bed yeah. and, and fucking tell us what's going on and then tuck us in and, and read us a nice story mm-hmm. and give us a kiss. Say it's not night. your fault, yeah. but your father and I, you know, we haven't been happy for a long time and he can't satisfy me in the ways that he used to, nor I him and... Look, if I'm being honest, if I'm being honest with you, sons and daughters of the nation, as I sit at the foot of your bed, tucking you in, mm. I've been fucking someone else. <laughs> I have. Your father, JL. His name's Andrew McDonald. Yeah. He's a redhead. And I yeah. know that's going to be jarring for you, but that's what's been going on. But there's fire in his belly and he pleases yeah. me. But not only does he please me, he pleases my mates too. So... <laughs> I've never felt so alive when I'm around him. None of us have. None of us have. JL, your, your father, unfortunately, he ran out of puff. And mm. we're younger, we're more virile, and we're ready to go. And Andrew McDonald, yeah. the red nut that could, is filling us all up. So if he can do that, then, you know, like that'll at least go a long way to alleviating, I guess, some of our our own concerns and stresses around, you know, the breakup of a marriage. I think so. I think then... After we've been tucked in and, you know, put to bed, as it were, we can go to Pakistan with clear minds, clear hearts, clear souls. Is that cricket? I'd have to say it is. I'd have to, if I'm if I'm being completely honest, I'd have to say that's cricket. Kelly Slater of... Our Fem- mate. Of, our mate of... We will get him on the podcast eventually, fame of... Smartest bet you could make is betting on us getting Kelly Slater on the podcast. You want to make a smart bet, one of the great bets of all time, bet on that. Call your bookie, mm-hmm. say, make a market for me. Hello, sport boys, we'll get Kelly Slater on. They'll probably give you shit odds, but that's where you load up, you pound that. Because it yeah, will happen. Kelly, 49. They'll give you terrible odds, but that's that's you, that's you a, a smart bet, right? You go, okay, I load up on terrible odds because it's guaranteed. Well, either you make money or you don't. Like, you, you stay with us, you stay with your boys, and you're guaranteed to make money. So... Make smart decisions. Kelly, 49 years age of age, 50, I believe, on the 11th. Dior, it's around then. It's soon. You could call him 50 and people would let you get away with it. But We're in the business of rounding up, Eddie. He's 50. We'll round up, but just because I know there's a lot of fucking naysayers that listen to us, we'll be like, he's 49. Like, righto, bro. You need to go and yeah. have a fucking nap and stop annoying me. 50-year-old Kelly Slater, one pipe the other day, Tom. 
pipe was pumping. Pipes about it was about as good a competition as you're likely to see. Fucking ways were on, and Kelly was out there showing the young boys how to do it. He won his first pipe in 1992. He's <laughs> 50 years of age, surfing, which is a physical as fuck sport. It's not like some sport for wily old pricks like throwing a dart or snooker or something. Well, it's not the seniors tour of golf. No, no, no. This is fucking surfing at pipe, one of the most dangerous waves on the on the planet. And it was pumping. So Is it his home break? Well, sort of. He grew up there. Like he moved there when he was like pretty young, 15, 16. Yeah, I think. right. I think he's got a house on pipe. But he's not from there. He's from Florida, I believe. Dior. No, I'm almost certain he's from Florida. That's by the by. He knows the way pretty well. But to be winning at 50 years old is fucking outrageous. Someone said the analogy was like, he won in 1992, which was when Michael Jordan won his first. It'd be like him winning another championship now. Yeah, there's a relatively reasonable... I mean, there's a lot more games to be played. But Obviously. Physical. Obviously. But, but it's still, it's still... Translates it's, a little it's bit. It's pretty hard to, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to like truly appreciate how good of a performance it was in the sense that you just like somehow you fit. I feel like you take it for granted where you're like, this guy's just a fucking weapon. He doesn't look 50 either. He looks at like 33 at a pinch. Yeah, he looks 33. He's aged very well, very well. One with the water. One with nature, I don't know. Aquaman. Aquaman. Aquaman, sure. But I just found it fucking impressive that you can do that. Mm. Fucking Dude, it's crazy. He said, he said it was the best win of his career, which, again, I like in the context of his career, I don't know. Like, as in, I've followed it, but it's I've followed his career much more peripherally. So I don't have things to draw on where it's like, oh, dude, him against fucking Andy Irons back in the fucking, you know, whatever's. But to do it at 50 against like an, a young up and coming throbber. Mate, he retired for the first time like in 99, maybe. But he's able just to like, because of who he is, just go, oh, I'm going to surf pipe. And they go, yeah, sure. Right. No, he That's gets, well, no, he, well, he gets a wild card under the tour every year. Does rain, hail, or shine? Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Yeah. So yeah. if. If Kelly wants to surf, Kelly surfs. It's as simple as that. The man's a draw. He's won 11 world titles. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. Now, Sunset next, he surfs Sunset pretty fucking well. Like, if he gets a W there or close to, then you start going, holy fuck. I don't think he can come to Australia because of the whole uh, anti-vax situation. But mm-hmm. if he were, if he wins, for example, and he goes, shit, I'm, I'm half a sniff here. Does he get the vaccine? Does he come out here trying to win at 12? I don't know. Only time will tell. I heard him I heard him interviewed after Pipe and he was like, that may be it for me. Oh, really? Yeah, he was like, I don't know if I'll go to Sunset. He's like, that might be it for me, which I kind of think is pretty badass as well. Oh, as in he's stuff. going, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna ride done, off done. into the sunset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes a lot of sense, bro. It's a pretty cool way to go out. Not many people go out on top Tom. Not many people go out on top. Most people stay no. up there and then they fall off a cliff. And they go out on the bottom. They go out on the bottom. They go out at the bottom of the cliff, sprawled over the rocks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Scraped off the rocks. Well, look, I didn't want to say it, but 
a lot of already you said sprawl well sprawled you know a lot of a lot of old champions do get they they do get scraped off the rocks that's just reality (laughs) it's just a reality but congratulations to kelly slade well done kel see you on the podcast soon bro we're gonna obviously give him a bit more time after his win because he'll be getting inundated by fucking dribblers but feel free to tag him in every single post we put up saying reach out kill because he, he fucking you may not realize but kelly slater reads like everything kelly slater reads absolutely everything if you want proof of that he was replying to dribblers last year mm. when we were teasing him about donald bradman and him calling him donald Bademan. if you don't but if you interact with him on behalf of the podcast in the sense of saying like go on hello sport and you're disrespectful to him then fuck you you're not a real dribbler no you gotta be respectful otherwise fuck you because otherwise because it makes us look bad remember that Mm. be respectful Mm. but also just keep in mind that he does read everything which should also be further a reason to be respectful because he does read it and he might reply Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so congratulations to Kelly well done Kel Tom, I know you've missed it because you've been chasing after kids in Milton or Mollymook or wherever the fuck you are. But Australia's won gold, 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 gold. In the in the in the winter O's, which yeah, as I said to you before, I fucking have been so checked out of the news cycle. One of the nice subplots of going on holiday. I forgot the fucking winter of the Toronto. The winter O's are on, Tom. It's been 12, 12 years since we've last won a gold medal. Deal what that was in. But we've won gold once more. Now, Jakara Anthony, Tom, born in Cairns, reared in Barwon heads of all fucking places, mm. has won gold in the Australian women's, uh, in the women's moguls, rather, fucking dominated. Won the preliminary, won the three heats, uh, three finals on the way to glory. Like... Australians, when they are in the mood, can't be bested, I don't think. Especially like, you know, sure, we've got a bit of, we've got some snow here. Not really, though. Not much snow. Not snow you can really hang your hat on. No disrespect to your Perisher Blues and your Mount Hothams of the world, but let's not pretend you're fucking Vale or Aspen or something. Well, you're not world class. I mean, we can all sit here and, we can all sit here and say, and it's correct that you can do what you want to do at Perisher Blue. I mean, that saying rings true even today, Tom. Mm. But the reality is, you know, it's bush league snow. It's bush league yeah. snow compared to what you're Well, you know what bush league snow is, Eddie? It's ice. Largely our snow fields are ice. Yeah. And you can go pretty quick on ice, but it's very hairy. That's right. Look, it's it's not ideal, certainly. I tell you who I who you the dribblers in our DMs, you fucking never been to this place. All right, we get it. I'm sure we get some snow in this one pocket of the nation. The point I'm making is when an Australian does gets gold at the Winter Olympics, it's in spite of the level of snow we have, which makes the win even better. Some Swiss piece of shit who's like been bouncing down moguls their whole life. Watches an Aussie Jakara Anthony. Yeah, dude. From Cairns, read in fucking Barwon Heads. Barwon Heads. You don't get snow in either of those places. Cairns is hot as fuck. It's in the tropics. And Barwon Heads is 
outside of Melbourne, I believe. Now, I was looking... How many at- millennia would you have to go back to have seen snow in Darwin? Or can, sorry. Tom, can I can I go you one better, big fella? Pangea. Can I go you one bit? Can I go you one better? Uh, I believe Cairns is in the tropics, Dior. Mm. If it's not, it's fucking close. I was looking in this up the other day. No one from a tropical part of the earth has won an Olympic winter Olympics medal. Now from where I'm sitting, Jakar is the first. So get them together. The first athlete from the tropics to take home a medal, not just any medal, a gold medal at the winter Olympics. That's, that's horny work from Jakara. Well it's done to Jakara. Fucking horny work from Jakara. So shout out to her. She's ripping and tearing. And obviously shout well out done, to Tess Cody, who won bronze in the snowboarding something. She was on a snowboard. She was doing tricks. I don't know what the fuck it she was. She got a medal. She got Good a medal. Did you know, Tom? We love to see it. We love to see it. Did you know that Beijing, where they're holding the Winter Olympics, would you assume... How much of the snow do you reckon's fake? Oh, oh fuck. Look, not knowing China's weather system, I'd say like 90% of it's fake. Yeah. I think it's more like 99% of it's fake. Oh, fuck, really? Yeah. They, you know, apparently, and I only just read like a, I read like basically the headline today. So do your own research, take it with a grain of salt. Very Dr. Robert Malone vibes from me here. But <laughs> apparently they like every athlete at the Winter Olympics has, whether it's a phone or something that's like Chinese issued to like make sure they're all sort of like tracked and like what they're doing. And apparently that they, some guy reverse engineered the phones and they are just recording all of their conversations at all times. Are you serious? Which to be fair might be happening on my phone, but they were like, yeah, just so every athlete knows they're getting recorded like all the time. That should surprise nobody. It That's certainly the most doesn't. Chinese thing I've ever heard. It's the most exactly. But I I just found it interesting that China won the Winter Olympics knowing that they have next to no snow. So what they've had to do it's is dystopian, dude. It's yeah. dystopian. They it's don't scat. they don't have much like their water supply is not great. So in winter, which is Terrific. which is it's winter there at the moment, they get very little uh, rainfall. And so they had to uh, redirect like a reservoir from somewhere. I think presumably water for the city of Beijing. I think they've redirected that somewhere, filled an old dam or an old creek bed, and they're using that to power the uh, like the snow machines. They're using like ridiculous amounts of water, um, and obviously whilst they have a water shortage, yeah, and they obviously there was you know thousands of farmers that need to be uh, rezoned, but you know that's by the sure, by. Sure, sure. Look, I know that you guys rely on this water, but. What Scotty James gonna fucking snowboard down? Yeah, yeah. And look, I know that you, your family have been, you know, working this land for generations, but we're gonna have to move you and your family to this nice little shack that we've bought you in the middle of fucking nowhere. So that's nice. It's just, it's just crazy. Have you heard of Jakara Anthony? Yeah. Have you heard of Jakara Anthony? Oh, you haven't. Right. Well, so she's a, uh, She's a real favourite uh, in the moguls. So first, first one for the tropics. So this whole region you've owned and operated for better part of maybe 100, 200 years, just a family. You know, we are going to probably flood this area. Um, so we're going to need you to get out. 
don't worry though we have found some really nice accommodation for you in a completely different city obviously you'll have to get there yourself but it's there so enjoy that yeah and look there's some might be some listeners being like what are you fucking talking about get get, get around your car not saying that at all all i'm saying is the ioc if they did their due diligence, might have realised that Beijing probably better for summer games, not winter games. I would have been saying to the IOC, listen, instead of displacing heaps of rural farmers on the outskirts of Beijing, why don't we nip down to Threadbow or Perisher Blue, okay, and have the first Australian Winter Olympics? Because I've been there, and I reckon it's possible. We can make fake snow. If we, the Chinese can do it. If the Chinese can do snow. it, we can do it. What about the snowy hydro? There's fucking shitloads of water up there. You could tap that, you could plug that, and you could ship that shit up there, and you could be pumping that fake snow all day long. Yeah. All day long. Now, you've got Jindabyne there. Like Jindabyne's got extra beds if you need extra beds. If beds are an issue, Jindabyne's got you covered. You can go a bit further down to Kuma. Like, there's options there. There's options yeah. there. An Australian winter Smiggins, Eddie, I don't know if you remember Smiggins. Smiggins was, I think, also a smaller sister to Threadbow, which was close. You had like places you could sleep, bunk beds and shit. Like yeah. we can give them, we can give these athletes what they deserve. Some bunk beds in some weird, poorly heated fucking snow cabin. It's like, surely got to be better than anything China are doing. We won't listen to their conversations. Well, we're not going to listen to your conversations and we're not going to purposely starve you, which is supposedly what some athletes are claiming who've been like forced into quarantine either before their event or because of COVID. I think before the event it would be. Their food... like Wait, the Chinese are starving them. Have a look at some of the photos that people have put up. I'm like, dear God, is that, is that like, is that the entree? Is that the meal? What is that? Like apparently... Dude, the this f- is... Apparently the food is fucked up. It's kind of like, yeah, we we laugh at the surface level nature of it, but it's actually very, very, very scat. Like China, you know, China is China. They don't seem to give a fuck. I don't think, but I mean, it's not like it's limited just to China, but like this whole thing is very, why do they get it, right? Like the IOC just give it to people that fucking pay them money. The Olympics isn't even like a thing where it's like, oh, some new city every year. It's kind of like, oh, we might go back to fucking Beijing. Oh, Australia's gone from having it in the tw- in the two thousand. Now we've got it again in twenty thirty. Like, well, I mean, it's just it's become too expensive for countries. I mean, we could get into that, but maybe it's not even fucking worth won't. it. But put it this no, way, put it this space. yeah, but put it this way. The only ones that I've read about online that have played eyes up rugby league football are the the United States, who took prepackaged pasta shit that you can like heat up with hot water they took their own food because they were like the chinese are gonna fuck us here oh that's that's a problem though right when yeah but the integrity of the games are coming into question because the host nation seemed to be some of the dodgiest cunts on the earth mate if you've got to take your own food to the olympics then that that should raise an eyebrow shouldn't it yeah isn't that isn't that odd people find that odd i find that odd is anyone thinking that prepackaged, like, you know, basically like army rations so that you don't get fucking starved to death in an Olympics? Like, sure, the Olympics meant to be the tippy top of everything. They took camp food. The US took camp food, food you take camping. And Trangiers and shit. Mate, when was the last time you had a good feed camping? You don't. Not unless you just, get, you just get through. You have a big eat, you chuck it on the fire, let it heat up. 
I'm talking about like those cadet camp camps. You know what I mean? Like that yeah, sort of shit. Tinned, I'm not taking take you get a tinned Heinz Big E, Eddie. You whack that. You crack the lid just a little bit. Yep. You whack that thing into some hot, hot Australian coals. You let it bubble nicely, and then you. Yeah. Didn't serve. Thanks but it's not a good meal. I guarantee you, you're having to duck off to a, a secluded part of the bush to do a really, you know, a really uncomfortable poo in the middle of the night. Yeah. It's not going to be good. Yeah. One that attracts bears if there were bears around. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Some sort of a dangerous creature. Point is, pretty weird stuff from the IOC. Yeah. Pretty weird stuff. But. That doesn't take away from Jakar Anthony being the first person living or dead, Tom, to win a Winter Olympics medal coming from the tropics. So shout out to her. She's 23. She's a yeah, ripper. Yeah. She's a terror. Love to see Huge it. fan. Huge fan. Huge fan. I was out on Friday night at this pub in Milton and a um, friend of the show, Rory Hill, um, was there because he was like, it was so it was like the priest to the engagement, which was on Saturday. And so we were all out sort of catching up on the Friday night. And I was, um, I was going to the bathroom and I was walking past Fro- Rory Frogman on the way to the bathroom. And I was like, and he stops me as I walk past. He goes, dude, fucking, did you hear Sean Bloor's done his ACL? He's out for the season. And I'm like, who the fuck's Sean Bloor? And this is no disrespect to Sean Bloor, who does exist, but like any any rugby league player, unless you come on to hit the scene like a Greg Inglis, you are going to probably have a relative period of anonymity. Sean Bloor might go on to be one of the great rugby league players all time, but he's like a fucking Tigers fringe first grader. Right. Okay. And as I'm walking to the bath, it. The reason I'm telling it is, is because it might be the single most dribbly rugby league interaction that I've ever had in public, which is where like I'm getting yelled at from across the fucking pub. Oi, bro, did you hear Sean Bloor's done his ACL? He's out for the season. I'm like, I couldn't have been more confused. I was like, who the fuck is Sean Bloor? <laughs> no disrespect to Sean Bloor. No Ball. disrespect, but I mean, I think, and Frog will be... He, I mean, he'll be upfront about this. Tigers fans are a different breed. That's what they hang on to now. They haven't played finals mm. footy since 2011. People like Sean Bloor, of who the fuck are you, fame, of might go on to great things, fame. Uh, you know, that's what they talk about around the water cooler. At the Tigers. And I'm like, listen, dude. He's like, oh, I thought you knew your rugby league. I go, bro, listen, listen up. If, if me not knowing who Sean Bloor is, is a stain on my reputation, then let it stain. Let let it stain me. I'm happy to be stained by it. Again, no disrespect to Sean, who I'm sure is not only a great guy, but a footballer of real promise. And it sucks that he's done his ACL and he's out for the season. Well, he looks like a specimen. He's 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 six foot three, he's 108 kilos. He's played 18 games for the West Tigers. So what color hair has he got? He's got brown hair. Yeah, he played twelve games in twenty. He played twelve games in twenty twenty one. I'll say this: Do I keep a really close eye on the Tigers? No, I don't. Does that shock anyone? What about a twelve gamer? What about a Tigers twelve gamer? Well, he's played eighteen games. In fairness to him, sorry. Uh, am I across eighteen gamers for the West Tigers? The answer clearly is no. Mm. No, it's not. Again, I don't know why that would be surprising to people. Would I be across 18 gamers for St. George? Probably not. Am I across 18 gamers Unlikely. for Cronulla? Probably Unlikely. not. 
like, I'm sorry, it is what it is. Most people don't know other clubs' players that have played 18 games. That's all I'd say. So, look, I just thought I'd pop that out because... Well, I'm glad you popped it out, Tom, because you're patting the end of the podcast and that's that's what what it's all about. You know what? And one more thing, if I could pat it out, one more thing that I did do. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So this this first place we stayed, we first stayed in Milton uh, for two nights. Lovely little, uh, th- uh, lovely little place there. And then stupidly, we changed residences yesterday when we were all really hungover. That was just poor. That was eyes down footy from us. Why would you have done? Why wouldn't you just stay there the whole time? Uh, because we couldn't extend at this one place, which was a pain in the ass, but it was a nice place. And we we're like, fuck it, whatever, we'll just go to it first. But anyway, it was a really nice joint. It had two outdoor bars that overlooked like rolling hills and then the ocean in the distance. I saw Steph in also, a bath. Right. Well, this is where we're going. So also there is a golf, this is not part of it, but there was a golf tee down the bottom of the thing, down the bottom of the paddock. So you'd be up on this hill and you'd hit there and they'd have like, they had like a golf bag and a bunch of balls and we were fucking playing closer to the pin. Great time, time well spent. Not the point. So there's two outdoor baths and all the girls were going out there and having lovely, you know, fucking warm baths in the crisp Milton air. Steph wanted to get a couple of photos for us. So I took a bunch of photos of her and all the girls in the bath having wine and whatever else. Then my old man's looking after the house and I was going to send him a photo of me and Evie because it was the first time, like first time Evie had seen a rainbow and there's this really nice photo of me and Evie under the rainbow, essentially. I just sent my old man like 60 photos of Steph in a bath, like in a fucking bikini. And he was like, I was like, oh shit, sorry. I didn't mean for that. He was like, yeah, that was fucking, that was unnecessary. And then I was like, I was like, you know what? Steph will never know. Dad, like it was an accident. Doesn't matter. And then dad, forwards forwards some of them onto my sister and then bonnie then has this circle back into a conversation that she's in with me and stefan's like oh yeah i saw dad sent me some photos of you in the bath step like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> how the fuck do you get those i'm like oh that was that was me i might have sent him about 60 60 <laughs> so, he's got a few he's got a few to choose from the forward under bonds Anyway. Oh, well, unless she had a bikini on. As, yeah, well, exactly. If she'd been nude, it would have been a real, that would have been tough. That would have been, di- well, it would have been, it would have been a different conversation. And then if it he's following them to Bonnie and then she's following them back into the group again, different, just a different. And we got some, yeah, that's a different, a completely different situation. Well, it's a different story. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a different story. Um, but I think that's probably as fucking much as I can pad, bro. Nice, bro. Proud of you, bro. I'm like I'm. I'm. I might have a fever. We don't know. You we, might be looking at a man with a, with a, with the early onset fever. We don't know. We don't know for sure. Shout out to the punters and the dribblers for dealing with shit audio. Thank Was you. it that shit? Listen, I, I will know. say this. I will say this to the punter and the dribbler. We are. We got some. We're in the middle of some big changes in uh, the world of Hello Sport that we don't want to talk about yet but they're big. They're all positive, nothing negative, but they are just, it's all happening. So just bear with us for a minute while we get our ducks in a row. If some audio shit, apologies. If, you know, we're a bit late on a podcast because daddy's fucking dying in Milton. Give us a moment. Trust me. Big things coming. Huge things coming. coming. Huge, good, positive things coming. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thursday, 
Jarch of TikTok fame will be joining us. So there's that for the there punter and the dribbler. Got, there's a got gift that to be excited about. There's a gift for the punter and the dribbler. There's a gift. Thank you. Love you all. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Could you two just not talk anymore? <laughs>